Hey everybody, Darren Garman here with Trot and want to welcome you to the Heartland Multifamily Show. The place, the place for all things multifamily. And this episode is going to be interesting, I think, because we're going to be talking about, well first we're going to talk about the multifamily market in general. We're going to dive into a little bit on what the rental market is doing. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? What's going on out there? in terms of whether you're a landlord or you're a tenant. And then we're gonna talk about a couple of other things related to that, that I think are going to be strategies that you're really going to want to implement, okay? And so before we get started and jump into this information, a couple of really quick things. First of all, number one, if what we talk about here resonates with you, uh, if you like what you hear, and hell, if you don't like what you hear, let us know. Give us your comments below. We would like to hear from you and, and have some dialogue with you. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, go ahead and click the subscribe button to subscribe to this channel, making sure you don't miss out on all things multifamily, not only regarding what you and I are going to talk about on this episode, Trot, but also future episodes, and we've got some pretty good value in some of the past episodes we've done too. Welcome to the Heartland Multifamily Show, the shorter, more profitable path to multifamily ownership and investing. Okay, now, recent Wall Street Journal article, all right, recent Wall Street Journal article talks about renters getting the upper hand. Trot, you've read this, right? Yeah, oh yeah. All right, renters getting the upper hand. So let me go ahead and let me read some of it. I won't read the whole thing. I'll just read the highlights that are important to what we're going to talk about. Okay. Renters are about to get the upper hand. New lease rents are poised to fall on an annual basis for only the second time since 2008, or only the second time really in the last, what would that be, 14 years, 15 years. 15 years okay. Yeah. All right. Apartment rent growth is declining fast shifting the rental market to the tenant's favor for the first time in years. The average of six national rental price measures from rental listing and property data companies show new lease asking rents rose just under 2%, or one point some percent is really all that rents rose over the last 12 months. This is down from a double digit increase of a year ago that represents the largest deceleration over any year in recent history. By the way, do you think the pandemic and all that stuff had anything to do with that? An annual decline would offer relief for millions of renters who've had to contend with rents that rose 25% nationally over less than two years. By the way, where is that? Because we, we didn't see that. Um, anyway, 25% nationally with housing costs at the big is the biggest component of the consumer price index, a decline in rents would also help ease inflation. Okay, all right, so there's more to it, but that's really pretty much the point here, is, oh no, um, if you're a multifamily owner and investor, by the way, or if you're considering multifamily, you're thinking, oh no, rents are going down. Um, that could mean trouble we better maybe rethink what we're doing with either our current multifamily properties or maybe even future multifamily properties. So let's let's even go into another area. And let's just well, let's just do this. Let's lump this in because I think we can with other areas of the commercial real estate market right now. So um, 
How is the office market doing in general, Try. Oh, boy. Not great. Not great. I think that you and I have talked about on this podcast, and I mean, I just got done reading another article a couple of days ago, some real high-profile uh, real estate investment trust office owners are defaulting on their debt because no one's in the office, so no one's paying rent, so no one's paying the lender, and so the office market has got problems, okay? And what other areas are, have we looked at or have we been informed of that are having problems in the commercial real estate world right now? You mean building-wise? I mean, brokerage-wise, too. I mean, it's slowing down. Uh, brokerage, less transactions. Yeah, less. A lot of less, lot of less, less people foaming at the mouth wanting to buy something, wanting right. to sell something, right? right. Sure. Uh, here's another example. So I read an article yesterday about a large number of hotels that are closing um, because of obviously declined revenue, high debt, big changes in interest rates with that floating debt. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get into that here in just a minute. And so of course they are having problems. And so you really can't look at. I guess I don't want to say all areas of the commercial real estate market, but you're going to be hard pressed to find an area in the commercial real estate market that isn't experiencing at least some pain, right? They're being pinched at least a little bit in some area. And we could talk about multifamily, self-storage. We could go into a whole bunch of different areas um, on whether that is or that's not the case. But I think from what you and I have been seeing, the people that we've been talking to, and, um, and, and the investors that work with us that we're exposed to and the other things that they're involved in, it's, we're hard-pressed to find any kind of commercial real estate market right now that is not really feeling a little bit of pain. So why is that? Why is that the case? But before we go there, let's talk about what is really causing the problem for most of these folks. Okay, so if you want to look at what's causing the problem, there's we can make a long list of what's causing the problem. Okay, but the main thing that's causing the problem is floating debt, floating interest rate debt. So think of it this way. If you're not familiar with what floating rate debt is, it is pretty much what it says it is, but it floats pretty often. I mean, a lot. So, for example, a lot of people are at least they know about an adjustable rate mortgage with their house where maybe that rate changes every five years, maybe every three years, maybe every 10 years, okay? Well, think of it that way, but a lot of this floating debt changes by the month, okay? Or by the quarter. And so if you think about it, just last year, I could have floating rate debt at 3%, I'm bringing in good cash flow. I'm bringing in good money. Even if my office building's 50% occupied, I'm doing pretty good. Even if my apartment property is 80% occupied, I'm still doing pretty good. Even if rents are going down, I'm still doing pretty good. Well, within a year, that floating rate debt more than doubles. So think of your home mortgage payment doubling in a year, more than doubling. If you're renting, think of your rent doubling within a year and how much strain that would put on you. Well, that's what's going on here. So that's the biggest reason that we're seeing this in every segment of the market. There's other reasons too. We could get into some of those other reasons, but let's let's just focus on the biggest reason is the floating rate debt. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Um, even if it's uh, some sort of balloon payment or something, I, I think it's just debt in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. Then there are those loans that are coming due. The properties are now 50% occupied. They're worth less than what they were two years ago, three years ago, heck, even a year ago. And so what's owed on them, in many cases, the properties may not even be worth what's owed on them. So you're not really going to be able to refinance. So what do you do? You pretty much end up defaulting on your debt. Or you make a capital call to all of your partners and your investors and you say, oh, hello? Yeah, um, by Friday, I need $7,640,000. Just wire that to this account. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen because now what a lot of investors and partners are thinking is they're not going to continue to throw more bad money in, you know, good money into bad, something that's turning out bad. Okay, so what do you do with all of this? This is going on again in about every segment of the commercial real estate market. So what do we do about this? Well, let me tell you what most people would do. Most people would now say, hey, let's put the brakes on here. We don't want to get into any commercial real estate right now. We shouldn't. It's not a good time, okay? It's a bad time to get in any kind of commercial real estate, any kind of investing, even in apartment, even in multifamily, okay? Which is, I would say, arguably the most solid of the investments that we're talking about here. But what are most people going to do? No, I don't want to get involved in that because there's been obviously a lot of bad press, a lot of bad news. So most people will opt to not get involved in it. So, knowing that, is that something you should do? Okay, so should you follow the crowd, do the same thing that everybody else is doing, and not look at any kind of commercial real estate at all, not even any, including maybe even multifamily, and maybe not do anything, or Maybe you're going to pull back a lot on what you may be purchasing or investing in. So what's the answer? Should you put your brakes on? No, no, no. Or should you go in on something? What will most people do? They're putting the brakes on. They're either getting out, staying out, or putting the brakes on. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Fear, I think. I think the uncertainty in, in, uh, in the market and just scares them. Yeah, fear of loss. Yeah. Fear of loss. Um, and really... That's, in in my opinion, that's really the wrong answer, okay? That's really the wrong answer because one of the biggest investment lessons I think that we've learned over the years has been never to follow the crowd. If everybody else is going one way, you pretty much want to be going the other way most of the time. Uh, so if you look at some of the most Famous investors out there, we can name them. Some of the most famous investment companies out there over the years, they have been successful the majority of the time in going the other direction than what most people are going, not the same direction. Because if there's something that we know is the crowd, the mob, as some people call it, are rarely correct. They're rarely correct. And the main reason, if I had to ask you, what do you think? You said fear. But what is what is controlling the fear of people making the decision to, let's say, pull back from commercial real estate or not get involved in real estate? 
Why are they thinking that? It's out of fear, but what's behind that? Some sort of media. Then I don't, you know, so there's some sort of narrative that has to be pushed by whoever, whatever. But it's got to come from some sort of media. Right. It is. It's the media and it's the news. So is the information that we get that we're reading to our viewers and our listeners right now is the information that we're talking about. Is this based on short-term information? Or is this based on long-term information? It's all it's all a 12-month span, so it's all short-term. It's all short-term. Yeah. So if you think about it, I just said the wrong decision is to do what everybody else is doing. And what are people doing right now in terms of making the decisions to, let's say, not be involved in multifamily, not be involved in other commercial real estate? What are they doing? They're basing all of those on short-term term decisions. That's what it's all coming down to. So the main reason the crowd is moving all moving one way is because of short term. Short term interest rate ups and down. Short term property performance. Short term media reports. Short term bad news. In some cases short term good news, but it's all on the short term. So almost all of these decisions that's causing the crowd to continue to move in that direction is based on the short term. The short term. And so uh, when when I have one of our partners or, or, or even one of our managers, when we're having a conversation, and let's say we've got a property that's having some occupancy issues. Okay, we're, we're having some occupancy issues in this property. Um, many people are surprised that I'm not jumping up and down, steam coming out of my ears, pounding the table, screaming and yelling that we're having an occupancy issue. Okay, now... Am I happy about that trial? Oh, no. No, I'm not. Are we going to take steps to make it better? Right. Of course we are. But I'm thinking long-term. I'm not thinking next week. I'm not thinking where will we be next month. Of course, that's in my view. I'm thinking next year, three years from now, five years from now. Okay. And I would argue if most investors thought that way, you would not be seeing so many joining the crowd and moving in the direction out of investment or commercial real estate. Because once you think long-term, it kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off a little bit, right? It takes a little bit of the gotta have it right now, gotta get it done right now, knowing that you can absorb those ups and downs in your investment knowing you can absorb those peaks and valleys, knowing that they're going to be coming. I mean, is this the first peak and valley that we've ever seen in the commercial real estate market? No, no. But many people are acting like, it. oh my God, we haven't seen this since 2000. Long-term versus short-term, okay? And so, by the way, am I saying that you and I should run out right now and buy every office building that's in foreclosure? No. Am I saying you and I should run out right now and buy every multifamily that's having an issue or a problem or any other kind of property, hotel, whatever it is that's having an issue or problem? Of course not. However, will there be opportunities in all of those areas coming up? Yeah. I mean, oh, there, yeah. It, big like time. You said, it's not every single one of them, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely smart to keep an eye out because there's going to be maybe even a deal, a discount of oh, some man. sort. There'll be huge deals coming up. Huge. And, you know, I want to be careful. It's not like every property, every office building, for example, is going to be a great deal right. at some point in time. So, no, that's not the case. But 
Will we be able to find really good multifamily deals over the next 12 months? Yeah, but I, and you got to think, even when the market is crazy, crazy good for the investor, that not every deal is a good deal it's, either. Exactly. It, exactly. That's right. That's right. So the thing that I think you want to be careful about when it comes to your next multifamily investment, whether you're an active owner, whether you're a passive owner, it doesn't matter. You want to be making those decisions. Of course, what's next month going to look like? What's next six, 12 months? Of course, you, you want to have that in your view, on your radar screen. But man, you need to be thinking two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and basing a lot of your decisions on that, knowing you're going to have peaks. Great time. Let's high five. We made a lot of money this year. Yeah. We're gonna have valleys. Oh my God! What a bad year. We're gonna. It's 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 going to be that way. But knowing that's the case and doing it short term puts you in the position of being so much more profitable, so much more wealthy, gaining so much more out of your multifamily property than let's say the average guy. It's not even close. It's not even close. I'll close with this, and then I want to get your I want to get your comments on this too. So if you look at some of the very best, most popular real estate investments in history that are out there, um, for example, one just passed away, a guy named Sam Zell. So if you, if you dig into them and you study them, you really do a deep dive into them. What I've just talked about is really the backbone of their success in one way, shape, or form. It really is. It's not the quick... Profit. It's not making decisions based on the next 90 days. It's making those long-term decisions, not being influenced by the crowd, all going one way, and even though you go the other way, and also having some thick skin when you're going the other way because everybody else is going with because you're going to be criticized. They're going to point fingers at you saying you got to be dumb, you got to be stupid, are you kidding me, are you crazy? But it's those kind of people that make the kind of progress that we hear about and that we read about, right? So Trot, what's your take on this? Well, I think in the short term, any investment, and this includes commercial real estate, is very cyclical. I mean, um, you look at stocks or you know, savings bonds, or really savings bonds and CDs are the only things that you can look at and say, okay, here's my return this year and next year mm -hmm. and the year after that. But you're making 2%, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and maybe that's good for a year, but, you know, it, the S&P 500, for example, is going to lose 10% a year, but then the next year it could make back to 20%. Um, so I think it's important to understand the short term is always cyclical in any investment ever. Mm -hmm. And um, I, th I think you're right, because if, if we look at if the major mistakes that are being made with the commercial real estate owners now is because they got short term floating rate debt for the most part because they were thinking short term. Right. Um, a lot of the mistakes that are coming out that you're finding with a lot of owners are based on short term. Hell, a lot of the mistakes that I've made in the past, this is some of the decisions that I've made that I really regret making, um, were based on short term decisions, not long term decisions. OK. And so, look, we appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Heartland Multifamily Show, the place for all things multifamily. 
The thing that we want to make sure you understand are really two main things for this episode. Number one, rarely do you profit. Rarely does it make sense in the long term to follow the crowd's short-term thinking. Rarely is that a good thing. Okay, that's number one. Number two, kind of piggybacking with that, you want to be thinking long-term with your investing. That's where most of the profit is. That's where you'll find most of your reward is in that long-term Thing. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. And we'll see you later here on the Heartland Multifamily Show.